Celebrate the summer with a certified pre-owned Kia at Capital Kia. Get reliability and peace of mind with our 165-point quality assurance inspection and 24-hour roadside assistance. All of our certified pre-owned vehicles are always five years or newer and have less than 60,000 miles. So you know it's a Kia you can depend on. With our large inventory of certified pre-owned vehicles, finding your perfect Kia will be easy at Capital Kia. You can also shop online from the comfort of your home at CapitalKia.com. At Capital Kia, we are real people helping real people. Good morning, Harvest City Church. Glenn Blakeney here, and I'm so excited that you have joined us um, by this online platform, and I know there's nothing that replaces meeting together face-to-face in the flesh, but here we are today. The presence of the Lord is still with us, and I trust that you have come prepared, ready to hear the word of the Lord. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 13. It's a familiar passage of scripture. It has to do with the buried treasure and also the pearl of great price found in Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46 out of the New Living Translation. Jesus is speaking. In fact, in this whole chapter, he gives uh, seven parables that have to do with the kingdom of God. He starts off by saying the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Then verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value or a pearl of great price, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Father, thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that you uh, want us to really appreciate who you are and what you've done in us and for us through Christ Jesus on the cross. We pray, Lord, that we would value you above everything else, Lord, that we would esteem you to that place you deserve in our lives. Give us grace now to not just be hearers, but doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, having traveled to many different nations of the world, one thing that I've discovered is that some of the countries that are the richest are, in fact, the poorest. And what I mean by that is a nation may be rich in natural resources, but yet poor economically. Why? Because this nation, for whatever reason, has not uh, capitalized on on tapping into the resources that are available to them. And as a result, maybe a certain segment of society is wealthy, but the vast majority of the people still live in poverty. Well, the same can be true as it relates to the kingdom of God. We know that Jesus on the cross cried out that it is finished in John 19, verse 30. In other words, the Lord did everything on the cross to pay for our sins, but also to impart to us all covenant blessings that are ours as a result of being heirs of salvation. So when he said it is finished, really, that means, that includes everything. There's really nothing else that the Lord needs to do for us. He's made available everything we need. Consider the following scriptures. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, Paul says, we have been given an abundance of grace for every good work. Now, grace isn't just forgiveness. When you study the scriptures closely, you will see 
that it includes the power of God, the divine enablement of God, giving us all things that we need to be able to live a righteous life, to be able to fulfill our destiny, live out our purpose in Christ Jesus himself. Paul said something else very powerful in the book of Ephesians. In fact, the entire book of Ephesians, particularly the first three chapters, deal with the, the inheritance that we have received as the children of God. But looking at chapter 1, verse 3, Paul said this, We have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now I want to point out two things. First of all, he said that God has blessed us. Past tense, it's already done. We're not waiting to be blessed. He's already blessed us. And it happened in, in, in the heavenly places. It occurs in the heavenly places in, in Christ Jesus. Now, just note that because we're going to get back to that, the, the profound um, significance of what that means. And he says that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. There's nothing else that we're waiting for. The Lord has given us everything else. Peter, likewise, in 2 Peter 1, verse 3, says that all things that pertain to life and godliness are ours through the knowledge of Christ Jesus. So we've been given everything. We have access to all the covenant blessings, the divine treasures of God because of what Jesus Christ made available to us through his death and resurrection. Hallelujah. But the Bible tells us that all that God's covenant blessings, all of them are hidden. That's what it actually says. They are hidden. I want to read from Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. It says, In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. What? In whom, meaning in Christ, is what he's saying. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, the word hidden in the original language is an interesting term. Defined, it means hidden to be discovered. We see the same truth taught by Jesus elsewhere in Mark 4, 22. The Lord said, There is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. So in other words, understand that God is not hiding his riches from us, but he is hiding his riches for us. There's a big difference. So what is our response to be? How should we um, navigate through this time where, in fact, we have received these blessings in the sense that um, theologically uh, they have been made available to us. We have become the inheritance of these things. But ultimately, there is a sense in which we need to appropriate what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. So how do we do that? Looking at Proverbs chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 says, if we are to discover and access these treasures that are ours in Christ, we must dig to deeper depths where the treasure is hidden. Listen to this. If, and if you seek as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So he's saying that we must search for the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. If we, we would dig it, so to speak, as we were searching for a hidden treasure, then we're going to discover 
all that God has made available to us in Christ Jesus. Now, can you imagine this? If you found out that you owned a piece of property, or even as the story that we've already referred to about this man who found out about uh, you know, this pearl that of great price or, or this treasure that was buried in the field, what did he do? He wanted to access that, so he ended up selling all that he had so that he could bring together the necessary resources to be able to purchase this field. So this is the same thing. If you knew that there was buried treasure in your property somewhere, what would you do? Would you just, um, you know, just kind of calmly say, well, one day I'll get around to uh, searching for that treasure? You know, would you say when I have time, when, when I'm busy, when I'm finished doing all the things that I'm currently doing, I'll get around to finding that treasure? No way. That's not the way we would respond as human beings. Our response would be to immediately begin searching. In fact, all other events in our lives would be placed on hold until the treasure was in our possession. We would spare no expense and no effort would be too demanding. Well, here's the thing that really concerns me, and this is something that I've noticed um, particularly as, as I've traveled to other countries. At first, I thought it was a phenomenon just here in North America in Western nations anyways, but I found out that it's not the case. This is something that many Christians have um, done, in, unwittingly at least, and are guilty of, even though they may not fully recognize, and that is we esteem the promises and the provision of God of greater worth than the knowledge of God, the presence and the person of God, knowing Him, to many people today is not as significant to them as the actual blessings of God. Now, remember, we're in a series called Pursuing the Presence of God, which is about seeking the face of God, coming to know Him personally, seeking after Him to know that relationship that we have been created for in Christ Jesus. And the scripture tells us, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 21, that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. What was he saying? He was saying that what we value in life, we will invest in. So if we value the kingdom of God above everything else, if we esteem the true knowledge of God is more important than all earthly things, then all that we have, who all that we are, our time, our money, our passion, our gifts, our energy will be redirected toward the ultimate purpose, the ultimate treasure, so to speak, of knowing God himself. The interesting thing is as Christians, even as Christians, not just before we knew Christ, we still struggle with this thing called the infirmity of the flesh or weakness. In fact, in Romans 8, Paul said that the Holy Spirit helps us with our weakness, meaning there's times when we don't know how we should pray or what we should pray for, and he said the Holy Spirit will help us. So how much more does it have to do with our spiritual journey? Because for many of us, it's so easy, and we have become distracted, we've gotten off track, we're pursuing things that really aren't important at all. And God wants us to value, to esteem his kingdom above all things. So Paul prays in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, that we would have a revelation of his riches 
In fact, in the original Greek, he prays that our hearts, the eyes of our hearts, would be flooded with light so that we would understand the riches of the glory of the inheritance that is ours as a result of being a child of God. What a powerful thing. We need to have a revelation of the riches that we possess in Christ Jesus. You know, we have so much. We've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness. Everything, all spiritual blessings. It's ours. It's available because of what Christ did on the cross. And I was thinking of the song that says, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. You can have all this world, but just give me Jesus. Do we really believe that? Or do we, I've got Jesus, but I need this. I've got Jesus, but I need that. In Christ, the Bible says that all of these treasures, these riches are hidden. So what do we do? Consider Christ the field. Consider Christ the pearl of great price. As we seek after him, as we dig into him, as we plumb to the depths of who he is, we discover all the blessings that are ours in Christ Jesus. I really believe that often many of us, and this is what I was alluding to, we feel that we are deep seekers of God when in fact we are just mere casual inquirers. We have become comfortable with a God that we hardly know. We become familiar with a God that in many sense we hardly know at all. Paul put it this way in Romans 11:33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. The more we seek him, the more we get to know him, I believe the more we realize or the more we discover there is to know about him. It's like, you know, you begin to dig, you begin to explore the bottom of the sea. And as you go down there, there's certain things. But then as you go deeper, as you explore further, you begin to see there's so much more to discover. And that's what it is like. And it's, it, it's intended to be as a Christian. We're never going to fully know God in this life. The Bible's clear about that. When we go to be with his presence, we will be known, or we will know as we are known, is what it says. But there's a place now for seeking God with all of our heart, for moving into a place where we esteem, where we appraise the worth of Christ as the greatest treasure we can have. So when we talk about pursuing the presence, one of the things that we really need to identify in our lives is how valuable Christ actually is. Because what we value the most, we will invest in the most. And again, that has to do with our time, our, our gifts, our talents, our energy, even our resources. I want you to think about Moses. Moses was, um, you know, he, he suffered for a long time and, and then he ended up becoming elevated and was next in line really for the throne in Egypt. And the Bible says that one day Moses came to realize his destiny, who he was, that he was actually a Hebrew, that he was called by God in particular to deliver God's people out of slavery and bring them into the promised land. Moses forsook all the wealth of Egypt, the power, the position, the prestige, 
in order to pursue his calling and destiny in Christ Jesus. The way the Bible puts it, it's found in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 and 26, is very powerful. It says this, By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin. Listen to this. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure in Egypt. Wow, did you hear that? It says that he esteemed the reproach of Christ as a great, greater riches than all of the treasures in Egypt. And then it says this, for he looked to the reward. Moses was a man who could see, the Bible says in the same chapter, that he endured all the hardship, all of the things that he went through, and uh, he was able to persevere because he saw him who is invisible. That's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith perceives as real fact that which is not revealed to our senses. So Moses saw the incredible worth of Christ Jesus. He valued the Lord more important than all of the wealth of Egypt himself. And so here's what we need to shift into. There are so many people, so many believers that I know they love God. It's their desire to please him and to do what is right. But their eyes are on the treasure, not of the person of Christ, but on the blessings that he offers. And as a result, they're pursuing the things the Lord can give them, but they don't uh, have that relationship. They've not moved into that deep place in Christ where they know who he is. And you know, the Bible tells us, I love this, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are the called according to his purpose. Now, we know, I really believe that this is one of the most misquoted verses in the entire Bible. But we know that God is a good God, that what the enemy meant for evil, he can turn it around for good. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you lose your job, God will turn it around for good somehow. He'll take care of you. He'll work it out. Even this whole coronavirus thing, we don't understand exactly what's going on. But in the natural, it doesn't look good. But God is still using it for his glory. He's working among his people. He's creating a greater level of unity, uh, deeper faith, more compassion and care for one another. So God is still using it for good. Now, ultimately, this is the verse that I think we need to tie to Romans 8.28. It's the next verse, Romans 8.29, that says, If you love God, you're called according to his purpose, then here's how it works together for good. What the enemy meant to destroy you with, God will use to develop you with. What the enemy meant to cause you to um, just be confused about, to not understand what's going on, God will use it to define you and establish you. And how does he do that? Because those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. All of our difficulties, the trials we go through, the adversity we experience, is meant to cause us to be conformed 
to be transformed to become more like Jesus himself. And if we become more like Jesus, then we have everything we need. The more we become like Christ, the more we identify with him and live as he lived, the more access we have to the treasures of heaven. Think about Jesus. You know, Jesus did so many miracles and he didn't utilize natural resources, or at least if he did, he multiplied them at the very least. So at, anyways, what did Jesus do? He ministered from a place of supernatural provision. He accessed those treasures of heaven that were available to him. Time after time, he tapped into spiritual riches. Remember the Bible says in Philippians 4:19 that God will provide all your need, everything you need. How? According to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Not according to the economy of this nation, not according to how much money you make as a result of your job uh, or the, the amount, the balance that's in your bank account, but God said, I'm going to provide for you according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I'll meet all your need. So again, it's riches and glory. They are spiritual riches, but where are they? They're in Christ Jesus. When we seek the Lord, then we will find him. And oftentimes we've been casual inquirers. We've been superficial seekers, so to speak, and we've not been uh, going deep in terms of pursuing who God is. See, the depth of the riches of the knowledge of Christ is waiting to be discovered for those who will search for him wholeheartedly. That's the key. We must seek him with all of our heart. Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14 says this, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. So think about Moses, walks away from all of those riches. He gives it all up for the sacrifice, the desire to know God himself. Paul talked about that as well. Remember in Philippians, he, he says basically that everything that he possessed in this life, he said it was really of no value until he realized that who he was in Christ Jesus and what Christ made available to him. The New Living Translation, Philippians 3.8, puts it this way. Paul says, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Everything else is rubbish, it's garbage, so that I would, in comparison with the knowledge of knowing who Jesus Christ is. Have you ever been in a time in your life when it seems that God is distant, he's far removed from you? Where is he? You know. He just doesn't seem to be close to you like he once was. I think that's a common experience, much more uh, prevalent than we would perhaps care to, to uh, communicate, to articulate. But the fact is, the Bible tells us that Jesus is with us always. He said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. But here's something uh, powerful that we need to take into consideration. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 45, verse 15, the Bible says, surely or truly, you are a God that hides yourself. So 
God, according to the prophet, hides himself at times. And as I mentioned earlier, God is not hiding from us. He's hiding for us. What is he doing? He's saying, I want you to seek me. You've become comfortable. You've become complacent. And I want you to go deeper in the knowledge of me. So at times he shrinks back so that we will recognize the vo and experience this void, this sense of dissatisfaction, holy dissatisfaction in our lives, and we will begin to seek after him again. Remember, the scripture says, if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. So in a sense, it's kind of like hide and seek. Not that God is hiding from us, but he's hiding for us, and he invites us to pursue him, to pursue his presence. I love Jeremiah 17, and I feel this word is very powerful and applicable to the season in which we live. In Jeremiah 17, he talks about how the righteous are like a tree that is planted by the water. Here's what he says. He says, those who are righteous, those who are like trees that are planted by the water, he said, no matter what they go through in life, they will experience a supernatural refreshing. No matter how adverse life becomes, how dry the climate is, so to speak. Jeremiah 17:8 says, their leaves will stay green. Sorry, their leaves will stay green and they will never stop producing fruit. Now listen to this. It actually tells us in verse 7 why these believers will stay green and their leaves will be green, metaphorically speaking, in the midst of famine and drought. It says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots, listen to this, with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. How is this possible? Because they have roots that reach deep. A tree has feeder roots and it has also what is called a taproot. When a lengthy drought is experienced, what ends up happening when the water in the ground dissipates, this tree that is planted by a river will actually extend its roots digging deeper into the ground until it locates water. And that's the way we are to be. We are like trees planted along a riverbank. And when we're experiencing what seems as drought, we have roots and these roots are to reach deep. These roots are to spread out and they are to uh, tirelessly tunnel through the subterranean recesses of the earth until they actually acquire this water, which is what? The very presence of God himself. When we search for him, we'll find him. When our roots go deep, we're going to find the Lord. We're going to break through. And when you go through a difficult time in life, when we experience hardship and, and we don't know what's happening, maybe we feel confused, this is the answer. The answer is to draw closer to God. The answer is to go deeper in our prayer life, to seek after the Lord, to extend our spiritual roots, investing in spiritual things, which is eternal, because by doing so, we actually ensure that we will reap the benefits of the economy of God's kingdom 
which technically is recession-proof, both for now and forevermore. God will make sure that we will have everything we have need of. We don't have to worry about anything at all. I love Jesus' words in Matthew 6. Listen to this, starting at verse 31, reading through to verse 33. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, So don't worry about these things, talking about material things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. That's the promise of God for your life. Seek first his kingdom. Put him first. Don't worry. Don't go after, seek after the stuff, but allow him to become your pearl of great price. Allow him to become the treasure that is buried in the field and that you put everything else aside in order to search and uncover that treasure. I want to pray uh, a powerful prayer. I want to just invite you to join in that prayer with me. You ready? Just go like this. Just pray after me. Say, Father, I ask you to help me never depreciate the value of the riches of Christ. Enable me to have a fresh and full revelation of the worth of my spiritual inheritance in him. I make a commitment to exalt Christ as the pearl of great price, and I will gladly give myself to seek him, discovering more and more of the vastness of Jesus himself. God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. Thank you for tuning in. I want to just encourage you just to continue to uh, watch these broadcasts and to keep updated with everything that's going on by um, being part of our email list. So if you're not on our email list, just email info at harvestcitychurch.com so we can add you. If you have a prayer request, if you have a need, if you're struggling in any way, we're here for you. We want to help you. We want you to stay connected. So all you need to do is email prayer at harvestcitychurch.com and we will get in touch with you shortly. Thank you so much. God bless you. Have an amazing Lord's Day in Jesus' name. Amen.